Welcome to A Learner's Journey. My name is Molly Sanders, and the goal of this podcast is to inspire and motivate you by connecting you with a variety of passionate horsewomen and men who have dedicated their lives to helping horses and their people. I'm grateful you're here. This episode has been such a treat for me. It actually was recorded back in the fall. And so it's been a long time since I had the conversation and listening to it again today has been an additional treat. It was a wonderful conversation to have and then to listen to it again. Um, This woman that you're going to get to meet, Anna Bonage, you might already know her, but if you don't, what a charming woman. And she has spent her life learning from horses. In this conversation, you're going to get to hear some really interesting perspectives on things that you may not have heard before. And you'll also get to hear about two really special mentors in her life, Tom Barnes and Harry Whitney. One thing I want to make sure and note is Anna asked me after our conversation, she sent an email and she wanted to make sure that you know that a lot of the things that she shares are from her learning with Harry, but she wants to make sure that if you want the real thing to go and learn from him in person. So get ready for a wonderful conversation with a really special woman, Anna Bonage. One of my favorite things to talk to people about and hear about is how they got started with horses, because I find that there's so many similarities and then differences too. So tell us how you got started. Well, nobody in my family has anything to do with horses. So um, when I was about, well, as early as I can remember, two or three, there was a horse in our back field. So you used to walk up the end of our garden. And this backfield there, you see, and I used to, from the age that I could walk, would be up there holding onto the fence, watching these horses. I mean, I was just obsessed with it. And, you know, I remember my mum saying to me, you can't ride at the riding school until you're four because of insurance, apparently. And and they kept when they put a hat on me and they were fitting me with a hat and a saddlers, they kept saying, you sure this isn't just a phase? And I remember thinking, you have no clue. You know, that it was it was such a strong thing for me. But I think I think for me, what it was was I was extremely shy, um, extremely shy. And I remember my grandmother saying in, in front of a, a family meal one day, she said she looked at me and she said out loud in front of everyone, does she ever speak? Oh, and I just and that's and it really resonated with me how bad that feeling was of being so shy. And when I was with the horses or just even just, I mean, if I, as soon as I could climb, I was over that fence and I was in the field. You know, where's Anna? She's in the field. And I just sit in there and just watch and be with them. Mm-hmm. And there's something, you know, a lot of us go to horses because there's a healing feeling around them. And there was something about them that brought me out of myself. And, you know, and so that's really, to be honest, where it started at that, wow. at that age. That's really neat. And it makes me think of myself. Um, and so many other people that I've talked to, two, di- two different things that you mentioned. One, that you're none, no one else in your family was interested in horses. You were the only one. So then it really causes me to think that there's something like for you, that, that shyness and then that connection that horses provided for you. But I feel like there's something, 
there must be something genetic or something just in us. Um, Cause I was similar. I was born in the city. I, you know, I, I, I didn't have horses in my backyard, but I was just obsessed with them. Um, I, I think that's so interesting. Um, you know, do you, have you ever thought about that? Like beyond your. A lot. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I do think, um, I mean, it's the same as learning, but I do think that these things in life come from within us out. Right. You know, um, and so much of the world is about trying to find something external to fulfill internally. But but the true, um, the best part of being with horses is, is a feeling that's come from within me out. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then another thing that, that resonated with me when you're um, sharing your story is, or just kind of gave me a, a chuckle was that, you know, your mom said, you can't go until you're four. Yeah, yeah. So you were, you were so tiny. And, and, yeah. and the other thing is that who allows four-year-olds anymore to take lessons, yeah. you know, well, like. Yeah, well, I've got a couple of four-year-olds that I teach. I mean. Do you and, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, that's wonderful. And when they're that desperate, I mean, there's only two, but they're no, they're nine now, but I've yeah. taught they were four and and both of those two girls there was a, a strong desire inside yeah that's really that's so neat that's really neat that you're you're giving providing that you're kind of paying it forward um, yes I mean yeah it's it's really young horses or um people having difficult a difficulty with the horse that usually is is the area that I'm called up about but occasionally I'll get a phone call from somebody I mean one of those little girls, it's it's an equine vet, it's their daughter, it's the local equine vet. And of course, their whole life is around horses. So I knew I knew it was worth it was worth teaching her, you know. Right. Got a life ahead. Right. So they're kind of exceptional and they're they're connected to somebody else that you know. It's not something that you do professionally. It just yes. they happen to yeah. 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 That's that way. That's but, it, but I could see it in them, that same. And it doesn't matter what the weather is. It doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. matter. You're out yeah. there. Yes. This little that, boy was out there. Snow, rain, wind. Oh, we were out there. And that's that's the other thing too is because um, I have nieces and they've all throughout you know their years they've shown some interest in the horses, but I knew none of them had it. None of them had that bug because like they wouldn't come out to feed with me and yeah. they weren't, I mean, they would, if I asked them, but, yeah. um, and then they were really interested in riding, but they weren't that interested in doing anything else. And I was like, Oh yeah, no, you don't, you don't have it, which is fine. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. really, really interesting. So how you were so young when you, um, when you knew that you loved horses, when did you know you wanted to pursue it as a career? Well. I didn't really, that, that wasn't optional. I mean, honestly, I didn't feel that was anything else I wanted to do with my life. It was that strong. Um, I mean, to the point that I left, I left school at 16. And again, being shy, I mean, mum wanted me to get into art because that was the only other thing that I was quite good at. So um, I went to art college and I did a month and I couldn't bear it being around so many people without any animals I just couldn't bear it hmm. so I mean yeah I mean it was so bad for me my parents did uh, I had to do a, a, a um they wanted me to enroll at a local uh, school senior school and I had to do an exam and I put all of the opposite of everything I knew 
so that I didn't have to go because I knew if I had to go to that store, I wouldn't be able to have a horse near me. And that's how powerful it was for me that unless there was a horse around, I wasn't going to be involved. So when it got to college, I was out. You know, I just couldn't bear it. So I actually went at that point to, um, well, uh, a dressage yard, an international dressage yard in the UK where my parents paid for me to be a working student and but 16 but I'd already had an insight into this world the world that I'm in now I'd say I'm in now with horses um which was from Tom Barnes a gentleman called Tom Barnes and he I worked for him when I was 14 on a Saturday and he was the best teacher because he was very quiet and he was shy too and anything I asked him pretty much the answer all the time was the horse will teach you mm. and he and that and that was came out of his mouth a lot what a great answer yeah, a lot and it and and he I really enjoyed him being around him that's he such a special, he was very special to me when I was 14 he really was that's such a that's such yeah. a wonderful thing to sh- to say because often I thought you were going to say it depends because that yeah no no right no, no, yeah, yeah, but I know what you mean that would be normally what yeah but that that really plants it in your head to look for the answer that the right that is exact and I've been doing that in my life anyway because mm. when you're shy people think you're not listening mm. but when you're shy just because you're not speaking doesn't mean you're not listening and uh and boy I would sit there in an in a social environment when I was young or with the animals and and take it all in and so I, I started to develop observation, I suppose, from a very young age. And then Tom saying that to me, Tom Barnes saying that, that really brought that out of me. But it's interesting because I always think my brother would say, if he was listening to this, he'd say, she wasn't shy. She was a right bossy one. So <laughs> in, in the house at home, it was my brother and I, my mum. My, my dad was away working a lot when I was young. But I was a real bossy thing. And it reminds me a little bit of the horses, how you can have a horse that's really confident in the herd, you know, and, and all the others are following that horse and getting guidance from them. But you take that horse out the herd into the human world and they're quite wary. There's a, there's a worry that comes in. And right. I could see, and I see that, and I felt that in me. You take me out of the world where I was comfortable, which was just being with horses, and, and put me into the human world. Oh, I was just so on edge. You know, and so, so that's, that's such a great, that's such a great, uh, example and it makes me think too that oftentimes when that in that scenario with horses we as people tend to when they're in in this new environment and they're they're uncomfortable they're worried we can tend to um treat them like they are when they're with the herd like we can expect them just to, to be confident like what's wrong with you why are you? yeah um so with that experience with yourself what and could you sorry I was going to jump in when you said that like, yeah was it natural was for you to say you know what's wrong with you you were about to say weren't you in that yeah. and uh, and and that's a little bit like my grandma saying well she never speaks and yes. that and that that um that empathy for how that horse feels even though I'm not a horse I'm never going to truly know how they feel but to, to see that stress come into a horse sorry motorbike outside oh. but see, sorry 
that's okay. that stress come into a horse, I just, I just can't hate it. It bothers me deep inside because I know that feeling. What, what do you, um, what would you want people to, to know about that? And, or how could, how could they treat that horse differently in your experience? I mean, I, I honestly, I always think of the saying that Harry Whitney said to me, which I think Tom said to him, Tom, uh, um, yeah, Tom Dorrance said to him was they know, you know, and you know, they know. And, and I think of that and I, I mean, I'll, I'll just place my hand, you know, I'll just place my hand on them and sort of breathe into them with my hand there. And I'll, and I'll say in my head, not out loud, you're all right. We're all right. You're all right. And there's, and there's this, and there's a set, there's an empathy that comes there. Yeah. An acknowledgement that you. An acknowledgement. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And, and. Uh, and if that um, that person can sort of ground themselves for no better word, mm-hmm. but to really be with that rather than uh, getting drawn into the stress of it. Right. Right. You know, yeah. It, that's uh, really it, good. You know, it, if I, if somebody, when my grandma said that to me when I was a kid, if somebody had, which they didn't, but if somebody had at that point put their arm or hand on me, and just smiled, you know, and just sort of looked with a smile. Yeah. My goodness, what a difference that would have made. Right, right. And how I felt then, rather yeah. than speaking on my own. And so, and, and uh, you know, everyone sort of brushed it off and, you know, laughed it off sort of thing. But that, it, you know, it means a lot to me. So, uh, and I see that in the horse. But, of course, that doesn't mean much to a horse if... Um, if you haven't possibly done a little work with them for potentially anything from two to five minutes prior to that moment. And I say two to five minutes because, um, I mean, you, you, I think, you know, I met Harry Whitney um, quite a few years ago now. And, and I, I always used to laugh because if Harry said, I'm coming in and you go into the round pen with the horse and said, if you at that point got up, went and made yourself a tea or a drink or went to the toilet and came back, you've missed it. You've missed it. You've missed the heart of it. That he had a, they, he, they had a conversation, that horse and, and he would have a conversation and it would last a matter of minutes. And mm-hmm. that set up, there's obviously other things you're going to learn from watching, but you, you've missed it if you've missed that initial greeting between he and the horse. And uh, uh, yeah, that's really that's really cool. On a tangent there. That's great. Um, It's a great tangent. So you had mentioned that uh, that it wouldn't work. This reaching out and saying, "Hey, I see you. You're okay. We're okay." Um, Sorry, jump back onto that. Yeah, sorry. So if you hadn't had those few moments of sorry, yeah, jump. My head was going into being America. That's okay. If the, you know, when, when somebody hands me the lead rope, we don't even have to hand you a lead rope, just step into the stable, just walk it into the field, just be present. And, you know, they come to step into you and, you know, you, you know, you create a boundary. Well, you can't just walk into me. You don't have to have any rope or anything in your hands. You just, that, that, you can't walk into me there. And then they might look in and check in and you might reach to touch them. And then they might 
go to bump their head towards you and they might hit the heel of your hand. You know, you don't go at them, but they, they come into that and, oh, there's a boundary again there. And then, you know, you might walk along and, and they end up following because you're walking with somebody to the gate and then you stop and they don't stop and your hand taps their chest and they, and all the little tiny little interactions. And then they look at you and you reach the touch and they just stay there and you draw your hand away while they're present and they, you, this connection occurs. And um, that they, they, they know, you know, you know, they know, you, they know you're noticing. That's what I'm trying to say. Right. And um, when they know you're noticing these small things, suddenly they think you might notice other bigger things that they need. You see, they need, okay. need you to be there for them. So, so notice these things and then there's a moment of stress for them and you reach out and just touch them at that point that they know you know that they need something there and you're not just going to stand there stroking them because that's of no help you know uh just to stand there doing that but for that initial touch you know you're all right and then go to direct them to help their brain find being here uh, of benefit yeah Uh, so yeah, that's great. That's really good. Um, so if, if I'm understanding you correctly, um, the, the willingness or the first, the presence of mind being, like you said, grounding yourself, being present with the horse, and then the attitude of empathy that I see you, I see what's upsetting you, but it, you're not going to have success if that's where you leave it, if the horse is running yeah. you over, right? Yeah, so yeah. I'm hearing you say you need to really establish this boundary um, and that they start to see that, oh, boundaries are important to you, yeah. which is hugely important to horses, right? So yeah. they start to look and maybe think that maybe you've got more to offer. Is that? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. okay. Yeah. I think at the initial state, initial stages, we have to get ourselves out of the way that that that's it you know I I, I mean I go to work pretty much how however I'm feeling I mean I'm, I rock up to work I'm at work you know I'm, I'm there to, to work with the horse I hear people say to me oh I don't I don't feel good today because you work with the horse and I think I don't feel good on quite a few days and I, I just carry on and so what I mean is that, but when I I am when I turn up and I'm with that horse from the minute they spot me and from the minute I spot them it, it doesn't take to when you're there with the halter on the minute you're prepped then there's a knowing and there's a and I and I will it, I could feel really sick but throughout that session I almost forgot I didn't I mean it just wasn't even in me yes and then I literally hand the 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 halter the lead rope back to the client as I go to get back in the car I think oh gosh you know I really don't feel well today it's very interesting it is leaving yourself at the door Mm -hmm. uh at the car door for me because I get out the car and that being there for another being yeah so that's fabulous and I think I think a lot of the people that are listening or watching can completely relate to that, you know, that you lose track of time, but but then that, that beyond that, that, that where you, you're just so present with the horse and with what's going on between the two of you that you forget that your foot was hurting or your back was sore or, you know, whatever it is. 
Um, and then as soon as you close the gate, you're like, Oh, <laughs> I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. So that's, that's really, that's so good. Um, so I want to talk to you a little bit about, um, like I, I mentioned to you in, in an email that I found out about you through reading Tom Motz's books about the cult starting clinic with Harry Whitney. And, um, and then I interviewed Tom and after the interview, I asked him, you know, are there, are there people that you would want to talk to that you'd want to hear interviewed? And you were one of the first people he mentioned. And then when I, when I went to see Harry Whitney, just not very long ago, I talked to him a little bit. Um, I tried to convince him to do this with me <laughs> and he's, I don't think he's, I don't think he's going to do it, but he did mention you as well. So, um, and then in that email exchange between you and I, you had mentioned that you had at that point at that cult starting clinic, you had already spent like 16 years coming over from, by the way, where, where do you, where do you live? Um, I'm in Devon in the okay. UK. In Devon. And is that where you grew up? No, no. I grew up about four hours east of here. Okay, cool. I think that'll be great for people to know too. I'm sure they're all wondering like, where, where are you from? So anyway, you, you had already had a long, I mean, this was kind of the the I think you used the word pinnacle of of your yes. time with Harry. Yeah, the icing on the cake. The icing good. on the cake, right? And um, so, tell me a little bit about like why did you choose Harry? Why was he the one to be your mentor? Well, I was in I was in the UK, and I got to a point. I was working with horses, and I must I was 20, 21. and I really I had I turned down a job with a an international eventer who lived close to me, superb lady. I turned down a job as a groom um, and I just, and I took on a job at a uh, Western riding yard. And she was horrified that I'd, you know, that I'd turned down her, her uh, job offer to do this anyway. But it really, that was my moment of, I'm not going to work with horses anymore. If um, there's going to be so much pulling and pushing them around. I just couldn't bear it. And I'd had this insight from Tom Barnes when I was 14. That it didn't have to be that way. And it bothered me that I hadn't met anyone else who was thinking along these lines. And I, I, I was willing to give it up. I couldn't quite give it up. I didn't know what else I was going to do for work. And also I said to Tom, I mean, he passed away when I was 18. And I said to him before he passed away, I said, I don't know. I might, you know, I don't know if I'll do this because he was passing. Who else was I going to exchange this experience with, with the horses? Um, I don't know. I might not do this for work. Oh my. And his face, he he didn't really say anything, but he just looked at me and then he, and he did say, well, anyone can pack shelves in the supermarket, Anna. And that was all he said. And it comes back to me, you know, it did at that point that don't give up yet Anna, because, um, Anyone can pack shelves, but Tom has already given you an insight into something that I knew was possible, but I had no clue how to develop. So I uh, was at this Western Yard and Dr. Deb Bennett came over to to do a a clinic. And she said, she just watched me ride. And um, uh, anyway, at the end of the clinic, she said, you need to go and see Mr. Harry Whitney. Oh, well, that's very definite. Who is this man and what? And I, I mean, again, I was quite shy. I didn't, in America, I would go to America, what, you know? <laughs> and I spoke to a friend of mine, she'd met Harry. Anyway, then my boss said to me, well, I'll pay your flight. 
well I've had wow. her say she's going to pay the flight which at that point was 650 pounds I've got a friend who lived in Australia saying you need to see this man I've seen him okay clearly I have to go and see him against my uh, I, you know I didn't really want to get on the plane but I okay I've got to go and see him well I just I wasn't there for social because I wasn't very social I was quite shy I was there to to find out about my relationship with the horse and how I could work with these horses in a way that felt good to me and to them. Well, I couldn't believe it. I just, I just, um, horse after horse that Harry worked with on that first day, I mean, within a matter of, I don't know, five to 10 minutes, every one of those horses felt differently. Every single one. They felt they were they were relaxed and they had clarity how on earth was this possible and he would and he would and I I remember him saying there it is there you go with it there what is there what <laughs> you know what well and then the horse suddenly felt better well he obviously was noting noticing stuff and and commenting at this point but I didn't know what I just remember that feeling of sat there thinking what is why this is just unbelievable and it, it I can see why some people think it's some magic thing but it's not it's it's observation of every moment mm-hmm. uh, being so in the moment and I just couldn't believe how these horses felt better and Harry was desperate to see me work with the horse I'd come all the way from England and oh I didn't really want to anyway I just because I felt uncomfortable in the round pen you see so anyway, I worked with a horse, but it was the end of the day and we were taking it back to the paddock. Everyone's busy moving around. Harry's obviously got an eye on everybody, you know, as he has always. And I was leading this horse. Her friend had gone ahead. She was getting panicky, leaping around. He just stepped over to me, calm as anything. Would you like me to take her from you? Well, I was just about to throw the leader over at him because, yes, I didn't know what to do. You know, she was quite young. Uh, He took a hold of the lead rope. I stepped back, obviously. And from my memory, I'm going back now 22, three years. uh, He he just got that horse to focus on him. So she she went to take off and he got slapped his chaps with the end of the rope. She spun around and looked at him. She took off the other way, he slapped his chaps again. She looked at him again, he took off. I mean, but this all happened. I mean, it was like slap, bang, slap, bang, slap, 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 bang. And then she was there. What do you want? Everything dropped. She relaxed and he just got the end of the lead rope. Off you go, take her back. And he just walked off and I led her. And I remember that feeling of leading her. And she, her brain was so with me. Wow. And he, he had worked with her before, you know, this was a horse on his property. So she knew a little, you know, she knew about Harry. She knew that relationship they had, but he brought her brain back, boom. And then I walked and I said, what happens if I stop? She stopped. Well, I didn't ask her to stop. I just stopped. I walked, she'd stop all the way to the pasture. And then, and I just, how, and, I mean, it was just blew my brain. I couldn't, I couldn't get it. And I wasn't interested in making friends out there. I mean, I, I think some of the other people out there maybe thought I was a bit rude because every second I was there, I was studying him. If wow. he went around the back of the barn with the horse, I was there. I mean, I went to Joe Walters and, and, and did, went twice, went out to Joe Walters. And Joe Walters said to me, 
you're like a fly. You just don't go away. <laughs> and, and that was what I did to Harry that first time. It was That's just I, because they're the moments, you know, when he's not teaching, he's taking that horse back to the pasture when he, that they're the moments you need, you need to study because they're the, I've been out to, I've been to seen other trainers and then they've got their microphone on and they're doing this demo, blah, blah, blah. And then the microphone goes off. Everyone's going home. No, no, no. That's the moment I want to be there. How do they put that horse back in the stable? How do mm. they, what's their relationship with that horse right now, now that no one's watching them as such? Right. So and, I want to I ask you something um, that I think, like the way you described how Harry helped that, that young mare, I think that oftentimes people will simplify what he's doing into, oh, I got it. You don't ever let the horse look away. Oh, the no, horse no. always needs to look at you, right? And oh, no. and how could you help them to understand that it's yeah. so much more than that? And it's and and not even that. It's not that. <laughs> it's, no, it's nowhere near that. Yeah. How could you? What could you share with people? What What is he doing? I mean, I think back to several times when horses have really helped me out by noticing something that I didn't notice. I mean, there was one time when I was feeding my pony and he, you know, when you're feeding, you want them concentrating and waiting on you. And he, boom, his eyes were up on something across the field. Well, there was a dodgy man in the field and I got out of there and got back home quickly I mean I'm appreciative I wouldn't have noticed that guy in that field I mean I'm in the middle of nowhere and so things like that with being around horses so much when I was young just me and them you know, them and I I wanted them to notice stuff so I never had that desire that they didn't look away because I I thought that was helpful to me that they were noticing stuff so right. that I didn't have that but um to help people you're at school and you come out, imagine, you see, you've got to try and put yourself on the horse's shoes, maybe. You come out of school and there's, there's somebody who's come to collect you from school. Um, you're, going down, you're going down the road with them and the, the, little, the kids come up and start to bully you like they do at school, you see. And, um, and, but when you're with that person, they just sort that out. They just they deal with that um they might just say hey no no they, they, you know just something small and it wasn't that you weren't allowed to look away and, and 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 do these things because you notice something that bothers you there's those bullies over there you know and you're walking on and this then this person notices ah something's bothering her i need to attend to this you just, just don't look, you know, concentrate on me. You don't say, I'm talking to you. What? Something bothering me. My self-preservation is the bullies are around the corner and we're going to head hit into them in a minute. I don't know how to deal with it. You know, it, I mean, that is as stressful um, as a horse having to come away from its herd and be in the human world and have to walk down the road. Someone wants to take it, lead it down the road, you know, it, it, oh, we've got to expose it to going through town, go for a little walk around town, as people do with young horses a lot in the UK. Well, it's terrifying. Right. You mean they can't look away? They don't know when something, is, their self-preservation is so strong, they don't know when they might 
die <laughs> in their heads. They don't know. So, you know, you've got to imagine those bullies around the corner and they're starting to stress you. Well, and if that person noticed that and attended to that uh, and brought your brain back to them because you know they notice, oh. very <laughs> different to they brought your brain back because you said, no, you can't look. Right. Well, that's that's just double trouble, isn't it? You've got yeah. a major problem going on because you're about to see these bullies that you are terrified of at school. And now the person that has got you and you're trapped because, you know, you're young and they're holding your hand. Same as being on a lead road. You can't get mm. away. Right. I mean, you're now stuck between a rock and a hard spot. Would you want that person to pick you up from school? Because they shouted at you because you looked away, but, you know, because you weren't listening to them because their conversation was more important than how you felt. And, that's, and that, that's, to me, that's what I mean about this feeling of when I was younger, to be able to try to empathize. Well, I'm not a horse, so I don't know how they feel all the time, but to empathize with how stressed they can feel. Right. And so, um, yeah, I mean, a, another... Well, when I see somebody leading a horse out of the field and another horse takes a chunk out of it and they just totally, they're clueless that this horse just got bitten and they're on. I think, right, well, you imagine you'd just been picked up from school and, you know, one of these bullies throws a stone at you. You can't get away. You get little pebbles thrown at you and the person's leading you, got to go down the road. You're there in, in their hand because you're young and you're not allowed to cross the road without holding an adult's hand. You can't get away. Right. I mean, that would be, you. if you saw that happen to a child, you'd think, mm. good grief. Well, we so see it all the time when people are eating horses. Another horse goes to take a chunk. And, and you just, you know, you need to get in. But people say, what am I going to do? Well, get in between and deal with it. Mm -hmm. That horse does not touch your, when you're, when you're there, you're there to protect them. Right. And look after them. Right. And, uh, you've got to put yourself in their shoes and imagine that you are attached to somebody you can't get away from. Um, so I hope that helps. That's why I, I try to think of it like this. Yeah, it does. I, I think that it's a really, I think that's a really powerful example because it it's like with what I was saying before, if someone's looking at what Harry's doing or what you're doing, where you're trying to help the horse, you don't need to worry about those things. I've got you. You can be here with me. Um, it's it's safe here. Yeah. That that it's easy for somebody on the outside to to look at that and go, oh, I got it. It's wrong for the horse to look away. Okay. So that example that you just gave, it's I think it's really powerful um, because if if they do that, like in the example that you gave, if the child is worrying about the bullies and the and the parent or the whoever's with the child is saying, no, you need to look at me. They're, they're conveying that the only thing that's important is your respect for me. You're looking yeah. at me. I'm not aware of anything else. Yeah. In that you, yeah. And right? you can't, you can't, I couldn't make you respect me. Right. No, it you'll doesn't. You'll resent it. You'll resent yes. it. And yeah, absolutely. So I think it's a really good example of the the type of leader that you're saying that's aware of the environment. They're seeing the bullies 
and they're, they're attending to it and they're letting that child know, I got this. You yeah. can, you don't need to worry about it because I've got it. Right. Yeah. Or yeah. let's yeah. get the heck out of Dodge. Like those bullies are, you know, whatever. Yeah. We're going to work this out together. Yeah. And it is that togetherness. It is a togetherness. Um, because it's also of no, <laughs> of no benefit. I mean, you imagine you've had a really stressful day. Something's on your mind and someone that you live with comes out and says, you'll be all right. Oh my word. I'm not all right. I haven't, I've got this. Just relax. Uh, just yeah. relax. Yeah. Yeah, that's another thing I see, you know, yeah. people patting, oh, you're fine, you'll be fine. But they haven't really taken on board that something needs to be attended to here. Yeah. Uh, so I think people think when I said earlier about reaching out with my hand with a sense of it's okay, I, but it's not it's okay and that's, you know, done with. It's, a, it's, a, it's okay, we're going to deal with this. Yes. I'm, I'm going to work this out. Woo. And and the, so there has to be a, um, I don't know whether it would be bravery or um, um, commitment um, that, you know, you're willing to do whatever it takes for that horse to be okay. Right. It, it, it's, um, I mean, I don't want to say you're willing to die for them because that sounds really extreme, doesn't it? But, you know, if I'm leading a youngster on a, on a road and there's a car coming the other way, I mean, and I'm in, I've got a light on a fluorescence or whatever. I mean, I'm stepping into the road and they're stopping. And, and people say, oh, my gosh, it could be there. But, I mean, I'm going to protect that horse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and so there's this, um, yeah, there's a sense of we'll do what it takes yeah. to, for you to be okay there. Yeah. The other thing that got me thinking with your example from the beginning of reaching out, um, sharing that empathy, uh, conveying that awareness, I, I see you, I see what's going on, that that there can be a set of words of that, let's say, let's say the words are, you're okay. Yeah. And the example you just shared that sometimes people will come up and pat, pat you on the shoulder, oh, you're okay right? They're saying the same words as somebody else. The the person that that you mentioned as a child, that if someone had come up and seen you, seen the situation, and maybe even said, you're okay, or we're okay, or it's okay, or whatever, but they did it out of an awareness. Yes, an acknowledgement, a a, a knowing, a knowing. And that's the, I know, they know, you know, you know, they know. Yeah. So it's not the words. It's, it's the, it's what you're seeing. It's the observation. So I love what you're sharing. It's so good. Yeah. 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 I was just thinking about my little dog. I've got a little dog downstairs and I've never had dogs in my life. So this was quite a big thing for me because uh, it's a whole new learning experience and it's helped me very much empathize with how my clients feel. I mean, so much. Because, uh, but I was thinking about the the thing. What's developing with him now? Thank he's nine months old. Is this? I know he knows. I know, and I know he knows. And mm-hmm. little things like he's got a teddy that's really disgusting. Stays in the garden, and he, he only had he picked this teddy up on a walk the other day. And I thought, oh, fine, if he wants to bring it back, it's obviously a kid's teddy falling out the window. Anyway, so this little crocodile, he appeared with it the other day on a walk. Anyway, so he this isn't coming inside. And so I, with him, I, you know, I went to come in and I turned around to let him in and he's holding it. I said, for a drop. He shook his head with his teddy, ran off around the garden. I closed the door, went, walked to the sink, 
thought it'd be about enough time, went back, opened the door. He sat there looking at me with drop, took off, ran, closed the door, went to, and I didn't raise my voice. I just, I, he knew, he knew what I meant. I've done that from day one, drop. He wasn't ready to drop. Fine, you're not ready to close the door. But every time I close the door, well, Anna's disappeared, you know, it's, it's not exciting anymore. I'm left out. So I go again. I open, anyway, the fifth time, open the door. He did, I just looked at him. He just looked at me. Drop. Then I just pointed, walks in, give him a stroke, boy. And now every time I come to the door, if I know he's got this teddy, I open the door, I go in first and I turn around. There's a moment. I just look. I didn't say anything. Just look drop and he comes in no words from me he just spits it out but there's so this cool. and this is the thing and you get it with horses and that's what I live for with horses that that knowing it's just a look I mean you can be in the stable or just you just get out of your car and there's a look you know you just look at them and there's a knowing at times they yeah. go to buy another horse and you're feeding and you just look at them you just turn slightly and look and they just retreat and go a different way there's a there's uh yeah that's the special that's really neat and it and it takes putting in that time yeah which oh it didn't take God. that long right but it it took every moment yeah and then staying consistent which can yeah. be hard to do like the the day that you've got groceries in your hands or whatever and you open the door and the the dog sees you and you see the dog but you're like oh i got some other things to do and yeah. you let him in with the with the crocodile and and then you got to you know reestablish yeah. things well it's setting up to succeed and never letting those things develop you know yeah. uh, um until he knows even though i've got the groceries that when the door opens he's I go in and he's staying out there with the gross, with, you know, out there with the crocodile, the yeah. teddy. But it, it's just trying to not let those things develop because if they do, it's not good for a horse. If they, if um, I'll switch back to horses now, but it's not, it's not good for a relationship, you know, any relationship. If, if somebody, if you think, oh, I can trust this, that this person's, you know, how is trust developed through consistency? People have to prove themselves. So if the horse sees that every now and then this, this doesn't matter anymore, well, it's just not a good feeling to them. Right. So you can't have got to be thinking ahead right. always. There's a lot right. of thinking involved. I right. think it was Joe Walter that said to me, the people that think about this away from the horse are the ones that improve. Uh, and I think that was interesting. Yeah. Uh, he said that. And, that and, is. Uh, you've got to think early. You've got to be early. As Harry always said, to be early, you're never late. Mm-hmm. but you've got to try to be early and see it coming. Yeah, that's, that's great. So you had mentioned when you uh, were talking about getting this puppy that you felt like you could empathize with your students more because of this new thing in your life. Can you yeah. tell us a little bit more about that? What, what, what is this causing you to empathize with your students more about? Well, day one, I wanted to buy everything on the internet that he might need. And it was very, <laughs> I just remember this puppy. I mean, I never had a dog in my life at all, at all, ever. And I get this eight, what was he, eight, ten weeks old little bond of the fluff. Oh my word. There's me. Right. Oh, I could buy, I could buy him this. I could buy, I need this lead. No, I need that lead. No, I need Anna. I had a word with myself. I could, I could, I live on my own. So I could, I, I, I suddenly thought, it's that thing happening to you, isn't it? Where it, feeling that my, 
lack of knowing made I was trying to love him by because I didn't know what to do by buying all these things and yes. maybe that would be okay so that was the starter to, right. to see when when I mean you know I've seen great clients and when they turn up with all this new stuff I think oh they're not sure how to help this horse on a deep level because right. when you're there to help them on an emotional and mental level you could have a bit of bale of twine to take the dog down the road if you had to. You don't need a lead, right. do you know what I mean? Or you don't need a bale of twine at all. Right. Um, so right. that was the start of it. That's uh, really cool. Of my <laughs> realising. Um, um, learning. Learning's tough, isn't it? Um, yeah. You know, and I think it's Harry that said, oh, I'm not going to quote it correctly here, but something about learning's hard because it's about things we don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so great and it's so it's like well yeah of course but it it really does kind of hit you that oh yeah that is why it's hard I don't know this stuff it is no it is yeah. hard but yeah. the, the um observation again it come for me it's only me my my experience or I can talk from isn't it really um but you know if there's something I'm not sure to do with that dog will be a, uh, or a horse, uh, and I have to have a think about it. You've got to, you've got to sit with it. I feel I have to sit with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just sit with it. Don't necessarily try to fix it. Just sit with this feeling. Yeah. Uh, and then watch the animal. Really study them. Um, um, Makes uh, one. Think- Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go on. Go on. Go I was on. just going to say it makes me think of Tom Barnes and what he shared yes, with you that the horse is going to have the answer. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I do I think, think that that's something. I think it's also really interesting. I've said this to other people um, before that you know, for most of us, we don't have a lot of skill with observation because we haven't had to, unless. <laughs> Unless we have a certain job or like my brother is a, he's an amazing artist and has been from a young age. So he has this different way of looking at the world. You, because of your shyness, started observing very young. I mean, so I think that, that we need those reminders. It's, it's not comfortable and it's not uh, second nature for us to go, oh, let's just sit back and observe and maybe the answer will show up. You know, so I think it's so great to hear from people like you that, that, that it's just part of who you are. Like people, I don't think anybody would need to tell you, Anna, you need to take some time to observe. It's just what you do. Yeah. 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 No, it's built, it's pretty built into me from, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's just, well, it's a survival uh, technique for me, really. Um, I'd say it comes down to my survival to feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. I need right. to know everyone's thinking in that room so that I feel comfortable in that room with those people. Right. Because someone that isn't comfortable in that room, I need to know about it because I might have to adjust my behavior to fit. Interesting. Um, yeah. So, so it, um, but, but I don't, you know, you don't have to be shy to, have, <laughs> to develop this. No. Because um, when I think of a, a client of mine who she bought a youngster and, she, I mean, she was in her mid forties and zero experience. Um, I, I mean, and she wanted me to back this youngster. She'd never even win before, and I was saying, "Oh my word, just how's this going to go?" Anyway, um, 
she's she ended up buying four or five horses and she has got a lot of time on her hands which she's that's very you know it's fortunate for her but she sits for hours and watches those horses hours because she's fascinated and that's a natural thing for her she's fascinated by them but when I've known her five years now and she's learned a huge amount from watching them and and I will say you know I'll say to her well you need to firm up there if you know if that horse is just going to come on its shoulder and bash into you, you know there, there's an area that you've got to firm up on you can't allow and I, when I say firm up you don't even have to touch the horse but you might have to slap your side or ache or something uh, um, people think firm up I don't mean it to sound like it's an aggressive thing it's mm-hmm. just a boundary which could mm-hmm. come with a tone of voice or a noise mm-hmm. um, but she and, and she'd say, oh, I don't want to do that, I, I, you know, because she wanted them all close and cuddly because they're her mm-hmm. friends and sources. But then she said, well, actually, I've been watching them in the field and I, I'm starting to see that actually this horse won't allow that horse to eat hay there and this. And then this is it. And so and she has learned a huge amount from watching. And it's never mm-hmm. too late no. to just look out the window and put aside I'd say an hour, put an hour aside. Yeah. You're not moving. You're not moving. You're going to stay watching. Look out the window or sit on the balcony or, or literally sit in the field. I mean, I remember being in the stud when I was um, 16, the, the, the um, international dressage yard that I went to as a student. And I remember I would get on the radio, get Anna up here. And they were teasing horses because it was a stud, you see. We can't catch some of these mares. Get Anna up here. And they used to call me up because what would I do? I took a bucket. I just put a bucket down and I'd sit on the bucket like I used to as a kid and start picking daisies. And what are these horses? Well, what's she doing? Come over and then I get a little bit of scrap and then blend myself in with them. You just blend in, put the rope around their neck. Right, that one's caught. No, <laughs> and you know, and then that's then that observation, and you take away a sense of time and. Um, yeah yeah the, the horses like it so you yeah. never know what's going to happen if you just put a bucket mm-hmm. down and sit on it in the field uh, yeah yeah that's that's great and I think that like things like that just taking the time to observe and watch and again I think people that are watching and listening can remember times that they've gotten the answer from observing horses and and just taking some more time to see if the answer will appear but I think that, I mean, something that I'm really going to take from my conversation with you, like there's quite a few things, but that message that that your uh, mentor early on shared with you, I think, you know, maybe some people have never heard that question before, and maybe they can take that next time they're out with their horse, you know, that your horse will give you the answer, you yeah. know, so that to encourage us to search. And, the, and Harry, actually, I mean, I've got a lot of things to thank Harry Whitney for. I've joked many times on the phone to him and said, I'd be on the streets homeless if it wasn't for you. I mean, <laughs> it's not that extreme because I already was working with horses before I met him. But, but I was on the point of giving up until I spent some time with him and it just opened up a whole new world. It was a world I knew, a world I knew that was there, but I didn't know how to get there. So... One thing, this is a little side note question, um, is I've heard just the other day, somebody emailed me and said, she's from South Africa and she was saying she's backing a horse. And I thought she was physically backing the horse up. 
So <laughs> what what does that term mean for you, backing oh, the young you horse? Pay. Yeah, this set. Yeah, good question. Um, breaking, starting. Okay, that's what I figured. But yeah, so I, I, I had not heard that term, and there might be other people that maybe hadn't either. So that's that's good. Yeah, backing it just sounds yeah. better to me. Yeah, that's that or is breaking a thing. No, um, I don't like the breaking. I starting. I love. Um, I love that term. Yeah. But uh, so I do have. I wanted to ask you. Um, we were when we first started talking about Harry. Um. I wondered about why you chose him and you told that wonderful story with the young mayor. How would you answer that? Like, why, 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 why him? Why do I go back to him? Yeah. Um, because he attends to how a horse feels and, uh, and a horse's thoughts, you know, cause you have a thought and then feeling occurs. And so um, if you can direct the thoughts, then the feelings get attended to. Um, and he, he really, that's such a big thing for him. That's, um, and when the horse feels recognized on that level, they are, the relationship is very different interesting when you say that that's so important to him and I agree in my little tiny bit of time that I've watched mm. him and spent with him I've spent 10 days now yeah, so I'm an expert in <laughs> in all things Harry no I'm completely joking it was a, it was an amazing experience for me but one of the things that I asked him was um why wasn't he explaining some of the footfall, like some of the movements, like the hindquarter, what the hindquarter was doing and, and this and that. And he said, um, I said, is it, is it just, is it unimportant or is there another reason why you aren't sharing that with, with um, people? And he said, it's, it's, it is important, but he said what I, what he finds is that as soon as people start getting caught up in that kind of thing, in that kind of observation, they lose track of the thought they lose track of the feeling. And he's like, that's what I want them to be observing. And I was like, wow, that's really profound. Yeah. 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 There's slightly, just, yeah. And, and it slightly reminds me of when I was at Joe Walters and I remember it was eight o'clock at the end of the day and he was tired. He'd had a whole long day riding horses and I was following him around still. It got dark and went in the barn. And I said, when you were in the field, Joe, and I saw you, <laughs> Poor Joe, you know, I'm trying to get every penny out of my my trip to Texas. And um, I saw you doing that. Now, were you asking the horse's hindquarters or shoulder? And he said, Anna. And I'm, oh, my gosh, I'm in trouble. <laughs> I wasn't in trouble. But he said, it's the whole horse, the whole horse. And then he just ignored me. And I, it's time for me to go now. But, you know, he <laughs> He was, but it's the same as as uh, Tom Barnes saying to me when I was younger. Uh, you know, the horse will teach you. Yeah. Uh, and and there's a bit like as well Harry as well. I mean, I I would watch Harry and <laughs> watch him doing something, and afterwards I'd say, okay, so what what are you doing there? And I and he'd just smile and say, uh, well, it was all there to be seen, Anna, and mm-hmm. and, and walk away. <laughs> I think. Oh, right. I better pay attention next time. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But all of them leading you to that, that it's, you're capable of finding it is the message. Like you can do it. You can find it. 
Um, we can. We all yeah. can. If we can, um, yeah, it's got to come from within, though. Learning has to come from within. Right. Uh, but, but Harry would plant a seed with me. I mean, he is just, he is with me, uh, with people, as he is with the horses, I suppose. Um, he, um, I remember one time I said, I said, oh, about your legs. I think we were in the mule, not on a mule, but, you know, the driving mule, they call mm-hmm. them in America, driving along. And um, you call it a buggy in this country or uh-huh. a car. But anyway, in the mule driving along. And I said, well, okay. And because the noise of the mule, it's really loud. And I said, well, when you're using your legs, Harry, you know, can you tell me about when you're losing it? And this is the end of the day. We're feeding horses. He's <laughs> tired. Oh, gosh. Poor man's probably thinking, good grief. Can you tell me about the use of your legs? I probably was flying home the next day and I wanted to know more. He just looked at me and then he said, I've got my legs wrapped around a horse's feeling. Oh. And then, and he looked at me and then he just drove on. No, no expression. I'm laughing now, but no expression. Well, I wasn't going to get any more words out of him. And I now had a whole year to go away and think about this. And he knows I'm a thinker. So he would have probably uh, thought, well, that will give her enough to, to play with. Right. But I mean, goodness gracious got my legs wrapped around a horse's feelings oh I, I've thought about that a lot <laughs> so um yeah Harry will go to the heart of something that's yeah. what it looks like yeah so do you have any thoughts like what does that expression mean to you at this point in your journey the way I do well the way yeah, I mean, I don't think I don't know if I've actually discussed with him my um, uh, perspective of that, you know, because it is all our perspective, you know. I mean, when I'm teaching, I say to people, it's only my <laughs> observations. It doesn't mean that's what Harry was doing, you know. That it's, right. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? We yeah. It can turn into Chinese whispers. So um, it's it's, but that particular um those particular words I came home and I started to think about how I use my hands and if I pick something up I don't know I'll pick my phone up you know it's something new in the shop and you feel it and you touch it and you and and I thought what if I could do that with my legs what if I could feel if these are my legs hanging into my feet here and my hips here if I could feel as much there in my between my legs as I could in my hands when I go to pick something up in a shop Mm. to assess whether it's something I wanted to purchase and and to really be there looking at it and feeling Mm. it and how could I how could I reassure a horse as I would with my hand that it's okay how can I do that my legs oh that's cool yeah and and that's that's what he got me thinking about that's great that's great. And it's just another level of observation in a place that we don't tend to observe. We don't tend, or I should speak for myself. I don't tend to feel with my legs, but I can, like, as I'm sitting here listening to you, yes. I can feel this blanket, the weight of the blanket on my legs. I can, you know, so it's just yes. another form of observation. It's awareness, isn't it? Awareness. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. Off awareness just bringing your awareness to that yeah and that's again the thing we talked about at the beginning trying to get ourselves out the way 
um, um, yeah, with anything that I'm struggling with understanding, to try to get myself out of the way and let it just be there and sense it rather than. Yeah. And when you say get yourself out of the way, I'm, I'm guessing that that means like all of the thoughts that come with us, the, the agendas, the goals, the, uh, is that what you mean? Yes, I suppose it is what I mean. Um, I mean, even with, um, I, you know, working with clients, um, you know, the, there'll be a lot of, well, I can't do this. And I, I tried that and it didn't work. And is it, and I think, oh gosh, there's all this junk, you know, it's all this, uh, um, talking and stuff. And, and it's, the horse is just stood there, you know, doing their thing as this person's all this stuff that's coming out. And, and I, and I understand that because they they need to express how they're feeling so we can then move forwards uh, within the session so uh, and that's good that they let that out but I just hope that they are they don't let that out when it's just them and the horse because you know you've got to try and okay you know there's things with this dog (laughs) because I've had dogs before that I don't know what I'm doing and uh, and I don't have a clue let alone don't know what I'm doing I, I don't even have a picture of somebody doing something in my head that I can draw upon right um, but but you're just uh, okay well that's okay you know it's okay that I don't know <laughs> right. and I think there's sort of an acceptance that right let's start with that point and it's it's okay not to know yeah um, and I think maybe another part of the um to do with learning another part of um getting ourselves out of the way is I only realized I was doing this when I came home and started teaching came back from America and was was teaching and and people would say you know how did you bring that knowledge back how did you remember it you know there's a and I wrote notes but and I realized I wasn't remembering it all here I was remembering it in my body and Mm -hmm. that is a massive one for me uh, for you say talk from my own perspective when it comes to learning so I would often sit on the edge of the round pen on the fence and I mean you can't necessarily see me here but uh, um you know Harry would pick up a little bit on the right rein and then and I would I'd be feeling it in my body yes he would turn himself to the right and I would turn myself and I don't know if people notice probably not but I was trying to I was watching so intently that my body was feeling it um and then I needed to <laughs> attempt to imitate what he'd done you know in order to try to get a feel of what was going on in his body there and how and and um that's really helped me and I noticed with my clients um they can watch me for six weeks backing their youngster or you know I say six weeks it could be two weeks could be four weeks whatever the time is and but I'm saying six weeks on on one that they want me to get a bit more established and and then it comes to them doing something with the horse and I say, you know, who have you been watching? Why oh, have been watching the horse? Oh no! And this used to happen a lot. We have, we, you know, I've been doing that every day for six weeks, and you have, and they've watched every session, and they haven't <laughs> what I was doing. All right, okay. So now I see to people, right? Are you watching me or the horse? Now I know the horse is better to watch, but <laughs> but you need to watch me as well. And so, and I got to watching Harry, not just the horse. And then I'd switch between a sense of how the horse felt and then, but how was he, uh, so I'd switch between the two, how he responded to that. 
That's and really great. I, I'm reading a book right now um, by Dr. Susan Fay, Sacred Spaces. Oh, it's really interesting. And um, she basically brings the science to a lot of the things that we're talking about. Like she'll blend okay. her experiences with horses, these, uh, you know, quote, uh, quote, unquote, magical things that happened. And then what's the science behind it? And one of the things that in the chapter I'm in right now is talking about visualization. And she's talking about exactly what you're talking about, that there's so many studies that show one of the most effective things that you can do in um, even compared to practicing, not that you don't practice, but when they take people that are practicing um, uh, basketball shots and then people that are visualizing practicing the basketball shots they aren't that different. And okay. the power, the true power is um, practicing it and visualizing it. But she goes beyond that and says, watching someone that you want to emulate, yeah. somebody that rides the way you want to ride, somebody that works with their horses the way that you want to work with your horses and watch them. And exactly what you did with Harry, sit there as you're watching them and see if, can you, can you move your hand like that? Even you don't necessarily need to move your hand, but no, you, you just visualize it. it. Yeah. Yeah. And and science, you know, all these studies show that that truly is you, you did it just out of kind of uh, second nature, but there's science that backs it up, which for some of us, like me, it's really helpful to know that. Yeah. Yeah. That really is truly a thing. Well, I I say to clients now to come in behind me sometimes and lit and just copy everything I'm doing. And boy, it helps. Yeah. You know, initially they have to get over again, getting themselves out of the way. Oh, is anyone watching and all this stuff? Right. All that stuff, you know, that yeah. junk that we don't need. And then, and then, you know, they, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah they can, they feel it. Yeah. They, and then, because I'll, I'll be working with the horse and I'll say, well, did you feel that? I'll call out to somebody. Well, no, I'm over here. I can't feel it. Oh, I'm thinking, yes, you can. Yeah. You know, you can feel it at a distance. You can feel well, so- it. I've got a quick, a quick story that goes with what you're talking about here. And I think you'll, this might be fun for you to hear. Uh, So I brought a horse that I have, um, I got in a bad wreck with, I have really puzzled over. He's, he's such a cool horse and I'm so grateful for him. He's taught me a lot. So I brought him to Harry and, um, and he's super, like one of the things that Harry said that really resonated with me is horses like this horse will find people guilty until proven innocent. And it helped make sense of things. Like, you know, I would get him to a certain place and then I'd have somebody come in and help me. And it would, it was like, I hadn't done anything. It was like, they had to start all over and it helped me understand that. But the story that I said was going to be quick um, is I was up on the fence and doing things up above um, suede, um, this horse. And Harry said, um, you're being too cautious. Like, you're, you need to not be so careful. Don't be so careful. Don't be so worried about what's going to happen. And I felt, and I may have even said it out loud. I, I think I did that. I, I didn't think I, I really, I'm really trying to expose him to more and, you know, not, not be worried. Um, but so then, so then I started, I tried to put that into action, what Harry said. And then he came up and sat on the fence and asked to take the rope and I watched him and I could feel it. It was like, I don't know if I've ever had something like that before, but I felt what he was talking about. And um, it was just, a, it was an intention of 
you're okay to this horse. You don't need to worry about this. This is not a big deal. And my intention was, um, I think you're going to be okay with this. Like you're going to be okay. But it was, it was worried. It was cautious, but it, if he had just left me with that, those words, I don't think I would have gotten it, but because he sat there and I watched, like, I'm like, okay, let's see what, what am I not doing? And it wasn't even that I saw it. I felt it. So you can feel it. That's such a good story. Yeah. That's such a good story. Cause that that's, you're right there on the money there. Yeah. And it's twice that I've experienced this now. And it was once with Joe, with um, Tom Barnes and once with Harry. And it very interestingly, I'm riding along. um, I mean, I go back to the Tom Barnes situation. I'm, 15, 16, I'm riding a horse called Chance, and it always felt like Chance riding her. The mm-hmm. wind, the rain, I mean, early morning, dusk, riding down the road, busy road. Oh my gosh. He's there on his horse. I'm near the hedge, so he's protecting me from the traffic. She didn't feel good. She was all over the place. She didn't feel good at all. Her brain was not with me. He just looked at me, he said, Would you like me to get on? Yeah. Okay. So we pull in. Literally, we're still on the road, tiny little area by a gate. Swap quickly, we do this swap. I'm on Badger, he's on chance. Badger's going along, looking after me. Badger's got it covered, he's sorted, Badger. Well, he was on chance. And there's this sense that came out. I mean, he just sat there. He put a feel on those reins. I mean, I can't, it was just like a feel came in there. And that horse just, all of that anxiety just gone and his whole and this was the thing again the legs the whole body and he was a big chap and there was this peacefulness but it was like this horse's brain and body within his legs and hands went and it popped back and forward really quickly and then settled and it found those boundaries and he, there was no pulling and yanking and but there was this sense of coming in with the rain and and his leg wrapped around just settled down here and he didn't say that but I could just see it. it was right next to him in the dusk and this horse just he rode it the rest of the ride there was nothing to be said hmm I'm the whole ride I'm thinking what's just happened so then I'm out in America after the cult starting a year later, I'm out there riding a couple of these cults that um, they've already had a bit of riding on since, you know. Anyway, I'm in the desert with Harry. He's with me. We're going along. The further I get out, I don't know who I was on. It might have been Bailey. But the further we get from home, I could feel the anxiety coming up in Bailey. Harry feels it. He knows I'm trying to deal with it. And he just sort of looked at me. He came in, he was on his horse, and he was on one of the colts as well. You know, it wasn't like he was on, uh, you know, his own ridden horse. He just came in next to me, took a hold of the rein, and exactly the same. There was this, she just bumped around a little within there for the matter of, I'm sorry, I got a big hornet come sat on the computer. Oh. <laughs> um, um, and he and bumped around there within, um, within that feel he had just it was like and then oof, I felt the feeling again it's same thing but I was on the horse this time this dropping this sense um everything was okay 
And then he said, oh, you're all right now. And just he just off he went, trotting off, toof, gone. Wow. And she was right there. Oof, her brain was right there. And I and I and then I just had to keep her there. I just had to help her stay there with me. That was my job at that point. But um, that and that, yeah, it was pretty, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. That, where do you get that? Where, who do you go to when you get that? You know, if you, you ask me why they go back to Harry. Yeah. It's just, like, this is very interesting. I've got a, well, I don't know if it's a hornet or a wasp, but it's come to say hi. Oh, wow. Crawl onto my jumper. Oh, my. I'm just going to welcome it in and befriend it. So. so <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, that's yeah, leaving the window open. No, that's but, okay. Um, yes, my little friend here. I'm putting him out the window. There you go. He's out the window. But anyway, um, uh, they say though, they say, don't they, that wasps and they can feel your energy. So and, it's interesting. Uh, yeah, the I have another uh, conversation that I'm going to have later today. Yeah. With a fellow who swims with great white sharks. Oh wow! And he also now has gotten horses and um I think he's still you know he's he's not doing it professionally or anything but I'm so intrigued to talk to him about that and he talks about how you convey this message of I'm not I'm not food and I was like oh my gosh I would be like slathering myself in salsa like my my message to the horse or the the shark would be you know I'm for eating but but interesting yeah yeah yeah. yeah, no, you've got to, you've got to, um, you've got to try to befriend things in life, even your enemy. Yeah, yeah. It's hard, it's hard. But you've got, you've got, it's the only way forward, really. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Just, really, yeah. really cool stuff. Um, So I think we could go and I think we could talk for quite a bit longer. What's that? Might need food in the process. Yes, yes. Um. But I really, I appreciate so much uh, talking to you. And I think that, I think people are going to get a lot out of hearing your perspective and and the different experiences that you've had. Um, but I also want to make sure that, so if, if people wanted to um, connect with you and learn with you right now, are you, are you just, are you teaching locally? Like how could people learn yes. with you? So, well, the best way to find me at the moment is obviously my website, but I'm based in Devon and in the west, southwest of, of, of the UK. Um, and I, at the moment, I'm traveling out uh, to do, to work with people within probably 60, 70 mile radius. Okay. Um, but I've been asked to go up to Scotland and to Wales and as a group in Somerset. So I'm just having my van converted. So the idea is that my dog and I, you know, we're going to go together because he's with me every day anyway. Um, so I'm going to go and stay away in some places. Right okay. So I can get further okay. afield. So that's great. the plan. Okay, yeah. that's great. But, and then there's Facebook, of course, but um, Facebook business page. But, oh, I mean, my joy is being with the horses, not, not there telling everybody what I did with the horses. Right, right. So, but every once in a while, you'll write, like, I think there was a blog post not too long ago that I saw. So you, you've you been writing and sharing some ideas as well yeah. that people could and follow. I, yeah, and I like to do that. And there's quite a bit on there, actually. There is by now quite a bit on there. And, mm-hmm. and I do quite a few little video clips. Cool. That might be helpful to people. Oh, but that's great. 
but yeah, <clears throat> don't rely on me for regular updates because right. I'm too busy with the horses. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much. It's been so much fun to talk with you and, uh, nice to meet and share experiences. Yeah, for sure. As I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, we filmed this back in the fall. And again, I it was such a treat to watch this again. I am left with a huge sense of gratitude for Anna the time that she spent learning, and then also her generosity with sharing her understanding with all of us. So I hope if you're in the UK, if you're anywhere near her, you will check her out. If you're not, um, there's also uh, her blog and she's got a couple YouTube videos that I'll link to um, that you can have a look. But what a special person to be able to learn from. So if you're anywhere near her, look her up. I don't think you'll be disappointed. Thank you again for being a part of this conversation. I hope that it has inspired you as much as it did me, well, twice as I did it, and then again as I got to listen to it again. And uh, observation, that's one of the things that really has hit home with me um, in more ways than just with our eyes and acknowledging and being there for our horse. So. Thank you for being here. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.